Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Logics. This is Season 2, Episode 1. Welcome back, Tommy. How was your summer vacation? Summer, summertime. Summer's not over yet. I still got plenty of vacation time left. Don't you worry about that. I'm not worried about your actual vacation time, but for us, we did go on a little hiatus and it was uh it was needed. I think uh, you know, we were we were caught right in between that little um that little dead time of the year, um, you know, where most owners either go fishing or go golfing. Uh meanwhile, on the other hand, uh we were we were pretty busy for people who were quote unquote on some time off. So what were we doing yeah, during I mean, our time off? We were, we were, we were time off from, uh, from, you know, the podcast and stuff like that, but we were working on other side projects like the, the new dynasty logic.com website, which Bobby has wrote a fabulous article breaking down the wide receivers of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. It was great. More to come. It's obviously brand new, just get released. So in time it'll be there, but you know, for now it's, it's great to have for the outlet for us, you know, we can, you know, we can break down uh, guys. We talk about in the podcast a little bit more, um, you know, we'll get to rankings and tiers uh, soon enough. And uh, you can find the podcast on there and it's just, it's just another step. And then that we can, uh, you know, help everyone enjoy what we enjoy. Right. And especially this time of year, like if you're a dynasty maniac, right. Then you're digging deep. I mean, you're digging deep where, I find guys who aren't even on MFL's database, which happens in the off season, but you know, you're digging deep when you're finding guys who aren't in the system yet. So, and that's what this time of year should be, right? Tweaking your rosters. And then you're looking for that hidden gem or that long-term play, like that little story. Go, I'm going to pick this guy. He flashed. Right. And that's pretty much what, you know, we've seen. And I've seen the last like week or so, it's just like, okay, if there's a story about a guy, pick him up. Like, you get a roster spot. Like there's always somebody at the end of the roster you can cut. Right. And so Bobby well, I, I was really, I, I was surprised that you, you were already going down straight into that rabbit hole. Uh, Cause I know that's, that's what we were doing while we were, we were on our time off, you know, diving in on, uh, diving in on certain guys or certain training camp stories. And, and, you know, it's my favorite time of year because this is really where summer speculation picks up. And to your point, Tom, you know, one of the, one of the articles I was writing about was uh, all about the Steelers wide receiver core. And one of the things that we were diving in a little bit closer on was not only who was getting the ball, like, you know, there's conversations, you know, what's going to happen with Harris and how's he going to be an impact? Who's going to be getting the ball now? Is it still going to be Johnson and Juju? But, you know, where does Claypool come into play? But Bobby, why why are they getting the ball? It, it it's it was never a matter of who. It was a matter of who was in the right place at the right time. And what I found, dot dot dot, go to our website and figure out what I actually found out. <laughs> give it a check. Give it <laughs> a, a read. Bravo! That's a great lead in. 
I like that. So, good, good job. You know, to Tom's point, we are certainly under construction. There's a there's a lot to be had, and you know, we are somehow already in our. I called it season two, episode one, but really, what we're what we're doing, we went through the off season. We showed you a little bit of the strategy. We showed you a little bit of our draft strategy, and now we're going into where the rubber meets the road, right? So now you're starting to see training camp battles. You're starting to see, you know, practice squad guys. You're talking about guys that you picked up that MFL doesn't even have in their database yet. I can't wait for us to dive in on that. I'm just really pumped that we even got to this stage, you know, um, and it's a tribute to the people who have been following us on Twitter. It's a, uh, a tribute to the, um, you know, to our friends, our family. And, and I want to keep this going. I, I, I love what we're doing here and I want to keep it going. So, um, you know, that was, that was the summer vacation that really wasn't, but, uh, I'm glad that we're diving in on, on some other stuff. Cause we need to, uh, need to dig in a little bit deeper as we were producing some content. So I'm excited to keep this rolling. Tommy, what the hell are we going to be talking about today? Well, we're going to be talking about, you know, summer speculation part two, right? Training camp news, right? And this is also a time of the year where you get, you can get some validation for your rookie draft deep shots, right? And listen, nobody hopes for an injury, right? No, Nobody wants an injury. Nobody. Absolutely. I don't. I never take guys that actually I don't even take my own backups personally because I don't want to root for my guy to get injured. So I don't even want my own backups, but you know, you can kind of validate when some of the situations come up and you're like, Hey, you know what we talked about earlier in the, in the dynasty season about take the third guy, right? Cause the second backup's always expensive. Take a shot in the third guy. Right. And some of these guys because of injuries, right. I mean, Jake Funk, for example, people still don't believe fine. He's still dirt cheap. I'm, I'm still taking that shot, right? Uh, another guy, you know, we talked about is uh, my boy, Sam, Sammy Slinger, right? <laughs> Sammy Slinger. Let's right? talk about Sammy. Right? I love Let, Let's left. dive in on that one. What happened there in Indy in the past couple of days? Well, I, I mean, and again, it's one of the reasons why I talked about him and I liked him and, and I drafted him. And you got him in one league and we took him late because I think he's worth a dart throw. I mean, you know, we're talking two quarterback leagues, you know, super flex leagues where, you know, everyone plays two quarterbacks. So why not take a dart throw in the last round? And and again, that's a that's a team and a player I liked because Wentz doesn't stay healthy. Right? I'm not an Eastern fan. And Ellinger, yeah, was he great in college? No, he was good. He should flash. It was good and bad. But personally... I like a gunslinger. I like a kid who's going to throw. He makes bad decisions, yep, but he makes good decisions, and and he, and he can move the ball. He can run around. You know, he plays. He plays with excitement, and, and it's worth a shot. Isn't my saying he's going to play? I don't. Unless he comes in and he's you know Menchu and he comes and plays out of his mind. But you know what? It's validation when you draft a guy late, and he's like, well, it's always. So nice I want to peel this back a little bit more, Tom. What is it? About so once, uh, you know, so we're recording. It's Tuesday, August third, uh, and once has gone in for surgery. He's going to be out five to twelve weeks. Uh, apparently, the surgery went well. Uh, but here's uh, here's the kicker. Now you have Eason or Sammy. You know, there's a bunch of speculation going around. You know, are they going to pick up another 
uh, veteran quarterback? Are they going to go out and grab a Nick Foles? Are they going to go out and grab a Mariota? They, and they that did, was buried. They, they did. They went and got. They went and got my boy Huntley, who I picked up everywhere. <laughs> right? He started. You know, Brett, he, he showed flashes. Absolutely. Um, so what was it about Eason? Because everybody was saying, go buy Eason. Why are you, why, why are you already bypassing Eason and saying, Sammy was your guy? Well, it, it's not even, Sammy is my guy. That's actually not even what I like. What I don't like is buying the random backup. You've never seen take a snap because you're like, Oh, I need a quarterback. So you're going to buy Eason. Like, what if Eason isn't the answer and he's terrible? And if you just need a Band-Aid, right, call the guy who's got Fitzpatrick, right? Get, give him a call. Roethlisberger, like, call one of these teams who's got an older quarterback. You can probably get him cheap, mm-hmm. right? You can get a, And I'd rather have a guy who, who I've seen do it and can produce than a guy who I've never seen do anything in Eason. And I, I, don't, I know a little bit about Eason, not a ton. I didn't like him coming out. I think he's a solid quarterback. You know, and he could be very good. Like they could tailor made that offense. Kind of sucks that the uh, offensive lineman went down today. That doesn't help out their cause either. But oh, I was just getting ready to, to uh, go into that. I, I mean, mean, you have left guards, you got uh, the left tackle, you got the center. They all went down. You know, uh, more to come on that. You know, because that's I, it's it's day two of training camp. It's Tuesday. Well, listen, I mean, things. Listen, are, I'm not going to say Sammy's going to start and he's not going to play games. The only thing I'm telling you is if you took him bleep, if you take a guy in like the seventh in the last round of your rookie draft and he makes news and he's not going to get cut, I'm excited. Like he's got potential. I'm excited because those are the guys you're taking. Darth Rose on. My, and I, I'm excited. So that's that's all you want to hear is like, you know, little stuff like that. Like I said, you don't want injuries. And again, I don't like injury prone thing. But you're foolish not to track that. It's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. I like I like the spot he landed in. Like the opposite, like we liked uh, Felipe Franks, right? I, we liked him. I don't like the spot because AJ McCarron's there, All right? So they got a solid backup. I didn't think Eason mm-hmm. was a real solid backup, but I could be wrong. I mean, we'll we'll see. But that's where the third string guy is cheaper. If you're going to take a death row, I'm going to go out and try to pay for you know maybe Selinger, uh, you know Sammy Slinger there, maybe even Huntley, like because Eason's okay. going to be too expensive. Right. But even that, I'm not wasting my time. I'm gonna, maybe I can go get somebody cheaper, like a Jameis Winston, like get some sort of cheaper. And that was game. actually what my question to you was going to be. So instead of even, you know, for the for the teams that uh, were utilizing a super flex posi- position or using Carson Wentz as that second quarterback, what are you going out to buy right now? Are there any quarterbacks that you would go get besides Roethlisberger and besides uh, – um, uh, it's magic. And, I mean, in, in a dynasty league, you look at your league, you see, you know, maybe someone's, you know, Matt Ryan's at that point, right? It, Tom Brady, maybe he's not in a contender, right? You look at these guys who are all over, you know, 30, 35 of the back end. Like, is Tannehill too expensive right now? I think he's too expensive, especially when you add Julio Jones. Like, he's a guy who's mm-hmm. too, too expensive. I mean, unless you're going that route, unless you want to, you know, unless you're all out on Wentz and you just fully blown on replacing them. That's the point I'm at. If I'm a Wentz owner, I'm either trying to get a cheaper veteran to band-aid the year, or I'm full blown just trying to replace them at this point. Like to to pay for what Eason would cost. Fitzpatrick probably costs you the same price. <laughs> you know, am I saying he's gonna play the whole season? No, because I'm worried about Tyler Haneke there too. So but you know, the same kind of principle. 
at least I know he's going to put up points in games and, and throw the ball. So, you know, that, that's where the value is. On the flip side, sell Leeson, right? One of the things that uh, I, I was really trying to figure out while we were talking about Indy, which, by the way, I know why we needed to lead with Indy because, you know, out of any story right now, the Carson Wentz story is really, uh, really a big one to to any owner. I, I think it was a couple of years ago. There's always one quarterback that that just dies. It, this quarterback is it? Is it that big? How highly was he? I mean, well, was, he a, was he a number one quarterback in the two quarterback league? So this is why I'm going to tell you why it's big. Uh, where where is that running back, Jonathan Dela? You know, that's that that to me is kind of a bigger part of the story there, uh, where you have uh, not only line that can't hold up Wentz in a red shirt, he fucks himself up. Then you have multiple linemen going down very quickly it's a it's a tough scene in indy and uh i'm really curious as to as to what's going to happen with uh with the running back that had so much promise and i'm not writing them for dead yet but um it's too early to write off any team it's just something to monitor a little bit closer you know you know it's funny there's one other guy that i i personally don't have any any indie players right i don't have anything invested in that team because i think especially the wide receiver core is just Erratic outside of Ty, like I, you know, I like you know Campbell, and they got a, but they got a bunch of guys I like. But you know the guy that me and you both like, and he's actually had great news coming out of camp, is uh, Kyle Grayson, with the tight end. He's a mm-hmm. kid. I, he's a kid I do like, and actually this might actually help him because he's not a great blocker, but put him in line, check down. That might work in this system, especially because if what I read was true and basically Frank Wright handpicked him. I kind of want that guy. We liked him pre-draft, like after draft, very athletic tight end, just in block well. But he's a guy that I'm interested in, especially in Dynasty. He's a guy I like, and I think he's the only one that, you know, maybe he gets a little more action because of this, because maybe they don't throw as deep, like, you know, deep bombs with T.Y., We'll see, but we'll see. They got good coaching staff. I trust Indy. They'll have a winning record. They'll pull something together. They're they're a good team, solid defense. You know, but those are the spots you're looking for. I mean, this time of year in the offseason, especially you know, and I, I know I preached about it months and months ago. Like especially when rookies come out, I, I like to get all the number three guys I can, right? Because they're cheap. They're cheap in the backup, and if something happens, then now you got the backup, or he jumps up and looks good, and he takes over that role, right? That's and that's all it is, especially this time. Now Now some of that stuff pans out or, you know, maybe you read, oh, this kid sucks. He can't get it. Right. You dump him and you go on to, you know, some other random story that you, you read about. And, and, and you take a what shot is that. that next random story that you were reading about, Tom? Uh, you know, it, it, it's so funny because I had a bunch of them, but let's start off with the one I did to, today, actually, yesterday. Uh, no, it was this one. It was was... Um, was Jalen McCleskey, right, the wide receiver from New Orleans. 5'10", like 170, kid out of Tulane. He was on the Falcons. He was in the Falcons camp last year. Didn't do anything. Fast, right? Peyton called him fast, right? Peyton's quote, speed we could use, right? I read stories like that. I'm picking this kid up, right? He actually wasn't in the database. He just got dropped in today. Um, but 
that's a guy if I got a roster spot on, I'm I'm picking a guy up like that. What do I think he's going to come in and play? He might, right? Because I don't believe too much in everything else in that offense. Like, uh, well, Callaway Callaway looked good in camp, but that's what you're looking for upside, especially young players. Like this is where you find like a you know a guy who maybe they keep on the team for a couple of years, right? A guy like Adam Thielen who kept around, you know, on their you know, practice squad for a couple of years and then he produces like you can find some of the you know deeper receivers. Will they be instant gratification? Maybe not. But like slow progressions. And that's what I've seen a lot. Like you know, along with McCloskey, I mean that kid had like four two eight speed when he came out, right? Solid numbers, right? And the other guy who had a similar story which I like is uh Racy McMath. When I hear a quote from a wide receiver who says, kind of looks like Julio coming from AJ Brown, I'm going, nah, I'm going to pick this kid up. Like, but I think he's going to play. No, no. But he's been sliding up the depth shot. Julio's getting older, sliding that role. And I read quotes like that. And they look into this kid. I said, mm-hmm. why don't I know? He went to LSU. Why don't I know more? Oh, he went to LSU. So, which means he sat behind Chase and Marshall and Jefferson. Like, Am I saying this kid's great? No. He's he's big, physical, speed. He's got some work to do and everything else. But those are the kind of projects that you kind of look for in a receiver that might pan out in two, three years, and they slowly progress. It's a free guy. Like, those are the guys I hear a story about, and I'm like, yep, I'm absolutely picking up a guy like this. Plus, when someone says that, the guy's name is Racy. Like, uh, how am I not picking up this guy, right? I'm like, you know, those are the fun guys that you can go hit on that you can hear, you know, stories about. Right. So, Tom, I'm going to stick with your uh, New Orleans to Tennessee uh, transgression. But his his where I'm going to go with it Uh, in that same article that you were talking about may not have been that article, but it was uh, a quote from Sean Payton earlier. Um, Ty Montgomery is actually being slotted at the uh, slot wide receiver spot. Right now in the leagues, he's slotted as a running back. If if at some point, you know, he gets put into one spot or the other, I think he's going to stay as a running back on paper. But you may see more and more snaps out of him at wide receiver. And he's worth a, a, a speculatory pickup on, uh, for me anyway. Isn't that a reverse switch? Because he was a wide receiver and then he became a running back and now he's mm-hmm. going to go back. Oh, yeah, he's a jackknife guy. I could see that. He's a Peyton kind of guy. That's why he's on the team. Versatile, running around. At this point, Peyton's trying to use everyone. Right? They're trying to see what they got from everyone. You know, they got the kid Jalen Camp. You know, and I think, you know, when I talk about guys like, you know, Racy McMath, you know, and I talk about guys like McCluskey, um, you know, even guys like Jalen Camp, like these are guys are definitely two, three years out, right? These are guys who are buried behind two really good guys. But in Dynasty – if I can sit on this guy for two years and he does something like that's progression, you want, you know, anything like that from these kind of guys. And, and why not? Sometimes you hit on these guys and they're free, like you said. Right. And it's fun. Right. It's fun to be the guy. It's fun to get the call going. Who the hell is this guy? Oh, you just wait and see. You just, yeah. wait, you just wait and see. Right. I mean, you know what? We'll stay with, we'll stay with New Orleans. We're going to stay with New Orleans view. Right. For another guy who's, who's who they're raving about who we both like pre-draft and after draft, and I think it's still a value, and that's Pete Warner, right? That's Pete Warner, who they're super impressed with because he's Peyton's kind of guy, smart guy, reads coverage, 
We'll see what he's like. I know his speed isn't top-notch. His athletics aren't top-notch. But this kid just finds the ball. Right? He reads well. Right? He's another guy that was later, especially for IDP, that, that we love. Right? Those Ohio State linebackers. Um, and he's a guy in that role where I could definitely see him getting in that starting role and in a couple of years be the number one linebacker. No doubt about that. Ham and Browning were both animals, and I'm really excited about Pete Warner as well. So, so, so let's do, so let's stay to Browning because actually I was going to bring him well, up too. But can, you, I mean, you, you, yeah, no, can we can we stay on one team for a minute? Oh, uh, all right, good. Remind gonna, me about Browning. We're, 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 no, I'm I'm no, I actually want to stay in New Orleans for a uh, couple of minutes because right. right. there's other guys to talk about too, like Ian Book. All right, who's who actually all right, who that? Go ahead. Who he's he's also getting some uh, some. He's getting his balls busted, and Peyton uh, explicitly said he's getting a lot of uh, a lot of shit from the coaching staff. And Book's not only uh, taking it, but he's rising to it. Um, he's he's progressing well, all things considered. Um, and with a quarterback situation that is um, suspect at best. Uh, it, it, it's something else to monitor a little bit closer. And if you recall, Ian Book was one of my later round guys. Uh, so when I'm hearing just a little snippet at the beginning of training camp, I'm not trying to go from zero to 100 real quick. But what I am saying is that, you know, these are positive highlights that you want to hear about as you're going through this whole process. So staying in, in New Orleans for that one minute, I want to let you know about my buddy Book happy about that as well so if you want to go over to denver i'm gonna, or do I'm you gonna, wanna, I'm gonna, wanna I'm gonna give add, me a little I'm, bit more i'm gonna add i'm gonna add on the book for you because that's a good call and I, and I like book and book is very similar right what you saw in book right was obviously you like in pre-draft and after draft but the spot was great right similar to ellinger right two quarterbacks you don't know who's gonna start right he might be the third quarterback in that team and Peyton's the kind of guy who would be like, you two can't mm-hmm. cut it. I'm going to let this kid go, right? So, you know, that's – and that's what we talk about, like, the ambiguous situations and that fluctuation, that backside. Like, you can see it, right? And, yeah, any camp you hear is good. Like, those are positive things. Like, it also means that he's probably not getting cut. So that's a bonus, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's all you want from those later round guys. Um, so, no, now I will because I was, you just kind of led into it for me because I was going to save this guy for later. But, like, your boy BB, right? Mr. Browning there in Denver. Right? <laughs> Who I like the talent. I just had concerns with, you know, where he's gonna play. But from everything I'm reading and everything I'm hearing, they're gonna they're playing him at, they're gonna play him at middle inside linebacker. Right? That's a whole nother animal. Right. That mm-hmm. when you take it when you take an IDP guy and he can he has potential to go in that spot, right? Even if you don't think he's gonna produce a lot, that's huge because that means the coaching staff usually trust him the way the green dot. Like they're telling like the, Hey, this kid can go out and just call plays. Like he can go out and do that. Right. And, and that's great. And again, you were right. Me bouncing back and forth, but I was also going to Ohio state linebacker. So I know you were, I know you were, but I was, I was, I mean, I, you didn't even let me finish about Tennessee. So I mean, there's that. I didn't even, I was trying to give you a back-to-back guys that I, you know, that you I, I know it, you were, you know, but I wanted to tell you what was happening in Tennessee as well. Oh, sweet! What do you got from Tennessee? Absolutely yeah. nothing, and I'll tell you why. Oh, yes, yeah, Fisker is apparently not, you know, making 
making any noise. So they went out and got an 11-year veteran in Luke Stalker, who actually may be uh, coming in, walking in, and taking out the role for Frisker. So uh, I, it was something that was a little more interesting to me because you you do you go ahead and make a signing like that. Um, there's a little bit of a trust. I don't know if it's a blocking situation or what, but um, it it was pause for concern. There's um there's another guy that actually you should have on your list when you talk about Tennessee that you like, that you like and you own, who's actually been making some noise, and the situation is looking better and better, and that's Monty Rice. I right? love that guy. I mean, even even the situation got better, right? Because we. They didn't pick up Rashad Evans' fifth-year option. That's a great sign. Third, third down. See what he can show as a future starter. Like that's that's perfect. Um, unfortunately, like as a band director owner, that's what I didn't want to see. But that's why they go get a guy like Parsons. Like same thing. You can these teams will tell you what they're doing. Like they'll tell you what they're doing. Like you just got to sometimes wait a year when they don't pick up the fifth option, and they went and drafted someone in the third round. It's because they're telling you they have a cheaper replacement waiting in the wings. And boom, boom, boom. So yeah, there's another guy. That's three guys from Tennessee, right? And some of these teams just just stand out with like you know those ambiguous you know spots. And I got another guy in Tennessee I I really like, and I think he's cheap, he's super cheap, and he's still undervalued. Is uh, Reynolds, right? Right. Even as that number three receiver on that team, I like Reynolds because I think Reynolds replaces Julio if Julio misses times. I think that's Reynolds to slide in that spot, and that's huge. Right? There's already some injury news about Julio. And Julio misses time, like he always does, and that's fine. That's Julio. Like mm-hmm. we gotta have a backup plan. There's a reason you I expect trade. that. That's why I traded for Russell Gage last year. Is that you just gotta back him up? So yeah, from a Julio owner, see what Reynolds costs. Right? He, he's a, he's the guy I might back up. Like, do I back up receivers? He's probably the only one I've ever done it with. But when Julio is questionable, he's not playing. Like Julio is not one of these guys who use magic plays. Like if Julio doesn't practice all week, he's not playing. Like he that's. Julio all the time, like so it's writing on the wall. And if you can get a guy like Randall's cheap, I mean, look what Gage did when he runs in that spot. It's gonna be the same spot on the on the outside. Um, so yeah, that's a really good value on that Tennessee team. Reynolds is a guy I like and I and I own everywhere and I'm I'm happy to have my bench just in case. That's all you're looking for at this you point. Know, Tom, I'm not even sure where to go, whether it's Still talking about Monty Rice, or if it's you know, I'll I will say one thing about Monty Rice before we split though. Rice is nice. Rice is nice, and <laughs> I, I still go back to that phone call uh, with um, Michael Rabel and uh, uh, and Monty Rice, and and really just saying, "Kid, I'm coming for you," and it was like you could you could see it was just Rabel busting his balls. Happy to have him on board and really just going to be a part of uh, a part of that roster long term. I'll also say one thing before we get out of Tennessee altogether. I was in Nashville just this past week, and you know, it's a fun fucking town. I had nothing but positive things to say about Nashville. Um, it's a it's a great place. Anytime your your team is playing in Nashville, I recommend going to check them out unless the those those tickets are sold out and to be honest with you, they're tougher and tougher to come by. So I don't know. Uh 
Just wanted to mention Titans. If you're listening, Tennessee, I'm not going to tell you to tighten up, but you know, racy, whatever. Just, just, just race it to the finish line. <laughs> right. So, so where are we going next, Tom? What, what, what? Where's this airplane going next? We got uh, any other destinations in mind, or yeah, are we just going to start no, some of these I, guys? Actually, you know, it's funny. I got a twofer for you. We're going to go to the Lions. I got nothing for the Lions, so I am going to be all ears on this one. I got two for the Lions. First of all, you know, um, a guy who, you know, we like to value is is my boy Amon Ra, right? The Mummy Returns, right? And the Mummy Returns on that team, right, has been getting snaps in the slot with the first team, right? And that's great because Jared Goff throws to the slot almost half the time. Right. So that's something that I like to see. That's something that's positive news. Perfect. Great. Right. I, I expected him to get some action. I expected him to get some more playing time. Um, but that those are good signs, right? Those are that's exactly what you want to right? And another guy who's got good noise that we both like as another IDP late round sleeper, right? Is Derek Barnes. Derek, big fan of Barnes. You're Derek, a big fan of Barnes. Derek Barnes could win a starting job on that team, right? They like Derek Barnes. They went and traded up, and I'm pretty sure they traded up to go get Barnes. Um, they like Barnes, and with that, with that ambiguous linebacking core of Jamie Collins and like um, what the Hawaiian, the Java Juice, not the that, Hawaiian I like, uh, no uh, Java Juice, Java, whatever. Anyways, it's <laughs> wide open, right? Java Juice. <laughs> And again, those are two similar similar guys in similar spots, right? Because they're ambiguous spots, and these kids can come in, and if they make enough noise and show enough, then they're going to get playing time. And that's all you want to see from a rookie. But uh, from a dynasty perspective, people want instant gratification. They want the guy to go off. They, you know, I'm not looking for Barnes to get 100 tackles, right? But I'm looking for him to play, right? And and play more next year, like. That's what you want in Dynasty. I, w- I want to see the kids playing. Like, they're giving them more responsibility. They trust them to be here. I don't expect them to go out. Going off is a bonus, right? And and you're right, but it's, it's one of those weird, ambiguous teams where there have been a lot of turnover, right? That defense is full turnover because, God, every other day you read about how someone's just shitting all over Matt Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the boss you don't want. So it's like, you know what? That's a team that looks happy. Right, happy to be out of that regime and like happy fun teams produce. Like, you know, I'm very curious with you know, teams like that who almost like rehaul. Um and it actually leads to my next guy that I like, right? Well, hold on. Oh, you got I a guy actually, for me? No, yes. I actually wanna wanna tell our listeners that Jamba Juice actually is Jelani Tave. That's about as close as I can get for you. And I like that guy too. I like him. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna call him Jamba Juice. For the yeah, he's definitely, yeah, he's definitely Jamba Juice. I hope he gets a job. I'll, I'll make a Jamba Juice shirt if he's a starting inside linebacker. All right, that'll happen. Anybody else? Uh, Orange Julius, though. We gotta find Orange Julius and Jamba Juice. <laughs> oh, great! It's Jamba Juice. So I'll slide right. In, I'll stride right in the linebackers. There's <laughs> a linebacker that I liked that. He wasn't a linebacker in college. And again, great reports out of camp and kind of ambiguous situation. And that's uh, Jamin Sherwood, right? Linebacker of the Jets. Right? 
talk to me about this kid because when you picked him up i was like i think he snuck somebody by me who is he no no to, to preference me and bobby like these kind of guys like these kind of guys we find these kind of guys are cheaper idp values because they use their safeties they get transitioned into linebackers and you can get almost like for your linebacker core like this kid didn't start much right doesn't have a lot of playing time he only started his last season he's a little on his size at like i think he's 6'1 like 216 but this kid does what the jets want right the jets defensive coordinators coaches say we want to come out this year and we want to hit hard and we want to stop the run right this kid's big things is he hits hard, he stops the run, and he diagnoses coverage, right? So that's exactly who the Jets want, right? And he's got experience playing playing linebacker anyways. I think he played like 34% of his snaps actually at linebacker for fellowship. Um, so, and this kid's wingspan. Oh, he's got an 82-inch wingspan. And this kid comes up and just lays the wood on people, right? Absolutely good and bad, right? Because obviously that creates sometimes mismatch. But this kid's got a nose for the ball, right? Wherever the ball was, this kid seemed to find it. And he's definitely undersized. But when I had camp news like that, and, you know, people talk about, oh, well, you know, you know, physically he's getting it and, and mentally it's the mental game. You got to, you know, a lot of these rookies, it's the mental game. But when I hear coaching staff rave about how this kid gets it, like he reads coverage, he gets everything, he sees it. That's exciting especially on a team where Mosley's there right? and they went, they went and signed the, uh, the other Detroit linebacker who never panned out. I used to like there. Um, it's an, a very, very ambiguous team that on, on defense, that's a team I want to take shots. They have a couple of linebackers, uh, like Cashman and another rookie they have who could make noise because we saw what happened last year. What were they playing? The fifth string linebacker? Like, Blake Cashman got way more, way more uh, snaps than I think anybody was anticipating. Because to your point, uh, can I go on a little CJ Mosley tear for, for oh, a second? I was hoping you did. Oh, man, CJ Mosley, <laughs> he was one of my favorites. So here, here it comes. yes. <laughs> so CJ Mosley, when he got drafted by the Ravens, was just an absolute animal was getting ready to eat anything that was coming his way coming up the middle um and then he gets signed by the jets and i don't know if this dun, was a dun, scheme dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, or he got paid either one jets well paid. well i mean you could say the same thing for Le'Veon bell it was actually the same year though the jets was supposed to be doing all sorts of fantastic things and what oh, they do oh, they shit oh, their pants all on. over again Let, Mosley's not Mosley's not Le'Veon Bell. Let's not no, put him in that bad of a category. I'm, I'm right. not, but I am going to tell you one thing right. right now. So before I even talk about the fact that he got paid, I think I I do. I think it was schematically him not being used properly. Ding ding ding. But the next year he opts out for COVID. So you have, and I'm not going to knock anybody for, you know, we don't know the family concerns and I'm not, I'm not digging a little bit deeper on it, but I will say, um, you know, even when he showed up for camp, I was expecting somebody who was really fit and he was just starting to take on the shape that he once was. 
which is still good, but I thought he'd actually be better. I, I, for somebody who was off, I'd like to see more progression. So time will tell on CJ Mosley, but I also think time is uh, running out on him as well. So talking about Jamie and Sherwood out of, I think you were saying LSU, but I believe you meant to say Auburn. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. It was Auburn. I got him. No, I got him, I got him confused. My wife to see her. You, oh. you, you got them confused because I was going to tell you about Jacoby Stevens out of LSU. Thank you. That's what it was. See, that's what it was. Good lead in. So, <laughs> so for you Eagles fans, if you want to just go a little bit further down 95, Jacoby Stevens was your sixth round pick. Pick number 224 and was a safety at LSU and is now being converted into a linebacker. Minimal work so far, but from what I'm hearing, what the beat writers are talking about for uh, for Stevens, um, he's producing in, in the limited snap count that he, that he has. And this is an IDP guy that I'm very intrigued by. He can lay some wood, and I think in that uh, linebacking core, he has the ability to shine <laughs> real quick. Sorry, I just laughed when you said linebacking core. Do you know their linebacking core? And that is a great call. Well, I've tried to chase that for a couple of years, and it just doesn't seem that they, they – you know what? The Eagles just don't seem to care about linebackers for some reason. They just don't seem to care. Like when's the last time they had – oh, I, the last linebacker they had was the guy who went to Arizona. Right? That was the last kind of linebacker um, that they really had. Jordan Hicks. Was, Jordan Hicks was the last real mm-hmm. – I mean – And even then, then, that was when I started chasing that uh, chasing that unicorn because for years before that, Hicks – there wasn't really a Hicks. It was always kind of some blended marshmallow of nonsense. Yeah, I mean, that's what it kind of is now. I mean, it's a, it's like a grab bag. So, yeah, why not take the unknown kid who's going to transition and come out and be hungry? And you know what? We've seen this. And this is something that, you know, that we've done for many, many years, right? Uh, Mark Barron was a perfect example. It was probably one of the was one of the first times that, you know, and Mark Barron was the safety that I owned back in the day and then free agent. And then when that happened, it was like Christmas and Bobby saw it and he realized it's kind of a cheap thing you can find. Like, yeah, it's a safety transitions. Like, don't get me wrong. You're not going to hold up probably playing that position, but in the new NFL, those hybrid guys, mm-hmm. you're all over the field, right? Jeremy Chin, like, you know, and if he's called a linebacker, he's called a safety. I'd rather him a linebacker, but that's fine. That means he's going to be on the field. He's taking snaps. He's getting tackles. He's all over the field. Right. And that's what a lot of teams are looking for. Like, if you can, if you're a ball hawk, right, and you can tackle, and you have speed and athletic ability, they will find you a spot, right, and they will find you a spot somewhere to play. Right? If they want Even, you to, right? if it. they Even, want you to cover, yeah, yeah, and, and, if you have some, and they have something extra, like you know, like I said, you know, even with Sherwood, like I was like, oh, he's a little small. I was like six one, you know, two sixteen. I was like, eh. but then like the bonus is eighty two inch wingspan. I'm like, holy chumping. Well, his kid just swat down passes. I mean, he and he played corner. You know, he's played all over the field. Like, those are the guys that you kind of want that you can get, a, you know. A, and there's a couple of those guys that I've read about that I don't really love. I know the Raiders have uh, one. I can't remember his name. They actually the Ra- have two that are interesting. They have Jonathan Abram, and they just signed a kid as well, uh, Moig. 
Right. So, so I, I believe it's three years in a row they've tried to take a safety and put him at linebacker, and it hasn't worked one year. So Abram actually did hit last year, but he played. He didn't. Stay. He didn't play but linebacker. He played safety. He did play safety. He played right. safety, yeah. and that was the that was that's where fine. I wanted him to play. Well, that's true, right? That was safety value, right? Yeah. If he's a safety, it's a marquee safety name. But as a cheap safety, who's going to transition into something, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, these kids all play big schools, right? So I'm not as concerned, you know, changing positions. Like the funniest thing I read about Sherwood when they talked to him, you know, about change of positions. And he said, he goes, the only problem I have is adjusting to the cold weather. I've never played in cold weather. Right? He's like, I'm all good with everything else. It's football. I go get the ball. Right? He's a quote you like to hear, right? And exactly. It was a funny quote. And I he's right. ball. Right? I tackle man. And that's it. And and especially like that means a lot, like coming out of those bigger schools, because even like, you know, only playing one year or not playing a lot, but the competition you play behind the people you play around, you know, that stuff rubs off on you. These, you know, these people know, like if you sit on the bench, like an LSU, right? You're, you're either really sticking it out right there or hoping something pans out and you get in transition because you would have transferred, right? So that shows me, you know, a lot of these kids who don't get a lot of action who come to the NFL are really good values because they'll do what the team wants, right? Those are those are the kids you want. Like, what do you want to play, coach? Okay, I'll play this. All right, I'll play that. I'm going to put you here. I'll learn that, right? And that's the biggest thing, especially in camp news, like air quotes camp news when you hear all this stuff, oh, the guy looks good and the guy looks bad, blah, 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 like, yeah, that's all nice and that's all fluffy. But when I hear, like, we were impressed to how we read the play. Like, when it talks about their intellect and their football knowledge, that's the stuff that is really – it piques my interest, right? When he really diagnosed this well and he got the playbook well, that stuff is great because these kids are all athletes, right? They're all physical specimens. It's knowledge, right? That It's the speed. People talk about the speed of the NFL and – I believe it's the mental speed, right? That's what I see. It's the mental speed more than the physical speed. These kids are all physical. It's that mental speed. If you can get up and learn quickly, you can play more quickly and you can make more of an impact. And, you know, that's the stuff that I look for because, yeah, if you went and picked up every guy who the beat writer told you had a good camp, you'd you'd have a 500-man roster of, like, guys you would – and you'd cut 300 of them. Um, So so it's like – You love beat writers. yeah, but be, they're also be, beat writers. No, and, and yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, be realistic. Like you know, I mean, when I'm talking about a guy like Jalen McCluskey, like he's a perfect guy. Like I would tell you this: in this time of year, I pick up at least like maybe two or three of these guys. Who there's a story, but I'm pretty sure this kid's got an 80 percent chance of not making the roster. But I'm going to take that shot, right? And the other stuff that you want to see is confirm the guy's going to make your roster, right? These are where mm-hmm. some of the, some of these new stories help out because you're like, like you said, Ian book, good stories. Now, you know, he should make the roster guy like Ellinger. Well, he's pretty much guaranteed the, the roster spot at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and guys moving up the depth chart, you know, like Juan Baker, hopefully gets more opportunities, uh, you know, but that's all you want to see from later round guys. And we're talking about cheaper later round guys that you can get, you know, we're not talking about like, you know, uh, upfront guys like Michael Carter. Like Michael Carter is a value in redraft, by the way. <laughs> I can't yeah, wait. Michael Carter's Michael Carter's beating out. Stop! Stop saying it looks good. Just let him let him fly under the radar. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of knowledge, right? Last year, as everybody was dealing with, you know, 
uh, game day decisions and, and stuff like that for their rosters. Uh, the, the COVID COVID reserve became a concern, right? Uh, so little tidbit that I was that I came across is that um, there's a bonus for ball players that actually get vaccinated. I don't care what your position is on it, but what I will say is that there is a bonus tied to it, which is the way I hear it is that the league is doing everything that they can to actually keep the ball players on the field. Good, bad, or indifferent. I am not here to actually uh, pick a side on this one, but 80% of NFL players have had at least one COVID vaccine shot, uh, according to the chief medical officer, uh, Alan Sills. And if, uh, if anybody on COVID reserve actually is vaccinated, if they have a pregame bonus, they're going to get it. If they don't have a pregame bonus, it's irrelevant. But if they do have it and they're on COVID on the COVID reserve, they'll still get it. If they don't have a vaccination, they won't receive it. So uh, little incentives uh, to, to keep guys on the field, um, depending on your position, you know, that may be good, bad, or indifferent. Not here to argue. I'm just telling you what the business is doing. Um, and what that tells me as a, as a fantasy owner is that maybe I don't need to make as many adjustments this season. People are still going on the COVID list. I mean, it's already happened. You got Kirk Cousins. You got a whole, you got whole sections of teams on COVID reserves already. So it's going to continue to happen. Um, oh, it's I just mean, what it is at this point. So you can you can go that way and not make as many moves. And and you're right about that. Depending on roster construction, and actually that's been a big criticism in most of my leagues that I've been in because I'm a guy who makes big trades. You know, championship team. You know, I package up players, blah, 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 get better ones. And after last year where I had a lot of injuries and I had still had a lot of depth this year, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the depth. Like I'm keeping the depth and, you know, then that's what you should do. Go get depth. And that's what we talk about with these guys. Like go get some depth on this team. Like, you know, we talked about it off air, but like all the number three and number four, all the number three receivers should be on every team. Right. I mean, even number four receivers of most of the teams are on like, you should own every third string running back. Right? These are guys you should just have. Like, I, if you don't like them, fine. Don't don't believe in them, fine. But I'm like, injuries happen. Right? Guys fall down, and guys do amazing things. Guys you don't you never heard of. Guys come in and play out of their minds, and th- that's what it is. Sometimes situation outweighs talent. Right? That happens a lot with a guy. Maybe he's not great, but he's thrust in a role. He makes the best of it, and he gives you free impact, right? And this is where you can kind of find like that free impact, free depth, right? You can kind of search that off-season stuff and, you know, back in some of these rookies or even some of these veterans who move around a little bit, who, you know, might make some noise. Um, but the flip side of that, like you hear the story and you're trying to go get veterans, like am I going to get Chris Hogan? Eh. A Band-Aid for a month? I'm not buying that one. Like Albert Wilson? I'm, I love Albert Wilson. I've loved Albert Wilson since the day he came into the goddamn league on that depth chart, they would all have to get injured. Neville Wilson 
God, I hope he hits, but I'm just not touching that anymore. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, we could keep speculating until until September, but we're not going to. I think at this point in the game, uh, we we've we've said what we needed to say about training camp to this point. Uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I am ready to sign off. So, you want to give us some words of wisdom to go home with? Bye, Jake Funk.